Welcome to BitFaced. When we started the podcast about a year and a half ago, Tyler and I made a list of a, a couple things we really wanted to do. One of those things was to do a podcast in a comic book store. Luckily, Kapow Comics and Coffee have invited us into their store this evening. So we're actually not doing this cast from the BitCave. We are out in a comic book store and just looking around, I'm so inspired uh, by the by the store itself and so happy that they were uh, kind enough to have us here. We've got Dylan Thornton here. The store hasn't officially opened yet. No, I guess we've got a grand yet. opening coming, but uh, we've got some customers milling about. Uh, yep. I, I love it. So tell me, tell me about Kapow. So Kapow is basically um, a guy I've been working with, Martin Davidson, and his sister decided that they're tired of working for the corporate world. It's just not fun. We all know that. So instead... Why not put comics and coffee together, which it's inspired off of the Omaha comics in Omaha, Nebraska. And then the other part I can really think of is Kick-Ass. You know, they're always chilling in that comic and coffee shop. And we figured I worked at CK Comics for two years. The biggest problem was the wife taking the man out saying, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Well, now you can have her go get a cup of coffee while you look at comics. What's better than that? I like it. And uh, did did this all just come about? Was this inspired by the, the the other shop that you heard of in Omaha? Or Well, that's what inspired it. Um, and then the main boss, Martin, his sister wanted coffee. She actually went to Seattle, got properly trained. So we have, unlike Starbucks where they pour their, pull their own shots, we pull our own shots here. We time it and everything. So it's the best stuff. We're locally roasted in Denver from Coda Coffee, which is awesome. You know, we're all about supporting local. Why you guys are here, we want to support the local podcast and everything. So, yeah, we're really just trying to do a local place where everybody can have fun and we can just all get along. That's what the community is about, right? We completely agree. In fact, one thing when we went into doing this podcast, we said is no matter what we do, we're going to leave the community a better place anywhere that we go. And it, it kind of seems like you have a very similar attitude. That is exactly all we're about. We just want everybody to have fun. And I don't want to work in the corporate world. That's my big thing, man. I want a boss that can sit there and go, hey, you want to read a comic today? Yes, I do. You're, you're talking to outside of our, our <laughs> bit face life. We are two corporate slaves. So oh, I'd have to apologize for that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? We, we have to eat. Um, but this this is very uh, inspiring. So store aside, I want you to take me completely back. Where do comics come into your life? Where does that start with you? Comics come all the way back to really the beginning for me. As far as I back, I can remember back, I was playing with the Ninja Turtles. I was playing with everything a kid play with. He-Man, G.I. Joe. And then as I grew up, I realized, why do I have to grow up? You know, I enjoy this stuff. Why do I have to listen to what the world tells me to do when I can just enjoy what I want? And I made a decision when I was 17. I was going to get right back into collecting. And I was going to do it. The way I wanted to. I was going to buy the issues I wanted. And I don't care if a girl told me, well, I don't like it. Well, then kick rocks. That's not what I care about. I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy my comics. And it's what makes me happy. So I made it my life goal. I wanted to work in a comic book store. I worked in CK Comics for two years. Wasn't the best situation, but it got my foot in the door. It's how I met more people in the industry. And because of that, it's where I am today. Now, uh, familiarize me. Where is CK Comics? CK Comics is in Mantu Springs, actually. Okay. Yeah, and um, the main reason why we parted ways is because they opened a bar in their comic store, which it's okay, but you got to think, kid-friendly in comics, you're going to lose a lot of business that way. And it's just something I'm not interested in. I like comics. I don't like to drink. I like comics. So I wasn't about serving, but the second, because of that, 
the owner of CK Comics worked, um, went to school with the man owner here. He's a gym teacher, a wrestling coach. So that's actually how he, I met him was he came into CK Comics and then he kind of stole me from CK Comics because he realized my full potential is in a real store that we could actually have a lot of fun. So I, I'm, I'm just gathering this from our conversation. Uh, you're the expert. Here, yes, correct? I am the one that knows most of this stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell by your Carnage T-shirt. <laughs> Carnage is one of the best, man. Psychopathic killer. What's better? Yeah, no. So when I come in, that is a, honestly one of the first things I've looked for in a store, and I would never disparage anyone here locally. I, I like a lot of the stores, but I find sometimes that uh, that either the expert isn't working, and or... then they got to call somebody. You know what? And I'm not expecting the expert to know all the answers. It seems like you've got a lot of knowledge about the books, though. But if I don't know it, I bet you I could look it up and figure it out for you. And that's the problem that I see more in local shops is you have the couple experts, but when they're not working, the other people don't really care about gaining the knowledge, which me personally, I'll walk out of a store. If I can't hold a conversation with you, that's half the fun of walking in a comic book store. I want to bullshit with you. I want to talk with you. You know, I'd love to sell you some stuff. But if I can spend an hour talking with you about a comic that really touches me as a child and touches me even as an adult, that's a good time for me. I was just going to say the first time I walked in here, um, yeah, I took my time and kind of browsed around just to see what it was all about and <clears throat> took a look at the Spider-Gwen comics. And you had actually recommended and seemed super excited about the fact that you had a variant edition of the annual number one. And heck yeah, I walked out with that comic because... It was amazing. Well, yeah, exactly. And you know as well as everybody else knows, not everybody knows what's out. I sit in the store all day long. I deal with all the new orders, so I see everything. If I don't know what's coming out, then how am I supposed to tell you what's coming out in a store? You know, we have hold files, which is one of the best things. And I know everybody around town has hold files, but we do something that no other store does. We bag and board your issue for having a hold file here. Now, the main reason why I do that is because the second they put your comic in a hold file, it's going to bend. Well, who wants a bended comic? So we make sure it comes pristine condition, and then we go ahead and do 10% off on top of that just because we know how much the comic community loves the condition of their comics. Let me just thank you from the bottom of my heart. I told you, Tyler, when I moved here, my big beef here is my store back in Atlanta. They bag and board all of my comics when I buy them. Now, you're throwing the 10% on top of that. Yes. Making, making the deal even sweeter. And I can come get some wonderful dessert. I can get some coffee. And you know what? If you're not too busy, you and I can probably spend 30 minutes talking about X-Men, right? Exactly. And don't forget, we don't only have coffee and desserts. We have soft serve ice cream. We have slushies. We have a popcorn machine. We have sandwiches. We have everything you could possibly need to eat and survive. This this is exciting. <laughs> See, and, and we were talk Tyler and I were talking earlier today is what is gonna get a geek in today's culture to come out of the house. This would get me out of the house. Well think about it. The the best situation that you're talking about getting a geek out, Pokemon Go. Why did, was that so successful? Because it was something that we remember twenty years ago that we wanted twenty years ago. Okay. When you read comics, do you normally sit down, have a drink with your maybe a little bit of munchies? Because you know you're gonna sit and read a few comics. What's better than not having to wait till you get home? You could do it right away, and you can still get your drink. Because most comic book stores will say, no coffee, no nothing inside, because you're going to damage our comics. Well, that's why we got it separated. Have your coffee, get your comics, and you can do both here, which is the best part. Now, I, I have no problem drinking while I'm reading comics. You will never catch me eating food while I'm, I'm opening and, and closing my books. But maybe, maybe I'm just an anal retentive 
no person. It would be the exact same for me, man. I'll, I'll sip some coffee for sure, but until I finish that book, I'm, I'm not going to go grab and it. And wash my hands. Yeah. yeah, I totally feel you. I, but believe it or not, I've seen more people eating and reading comics than I've ever thought. And something that a comic book store has realized me, yes, we are diehard collectors. I can tell that just talking to you for 30 minutes. But we want the non-diehard collectors to enjoy this spot as well. Because you know what? All of us started somewhere. And if somebody doesn't help flourish you, how are you going to get to the diehard collector point? And so that's the best part is that we want everybody to come here. You're a first-time reader or you've been reading for 40 years. We don't care. We've got something for everybody. So what would you recommend to someone that, that, that wasn't Tyler and myself, someone that walked in off the street right now that wanted to get into comic books? Where would you start with them? So I always ask one question first, and I, most people don't do this, but you really should. Do you, are you a Marvel, independent, or DC reader? And the reason why I ask that is because there really is a difference between the three titles. You know, Marvel, you're going to look at more realistic to relate to us. DC is going to be more crazy superheroes. And independent is going to really be anything but just a little more not mainstream, which I really like. Like, for instance, in Marvel, I'm a huge Amazing Spider-Man fan. I'm working on my 1 through 700 run. I'm 140 issues away from having all 700 issues. Like, that's my run. Um, Batman for DC. And then really what I've really started to love, I don't know if you guys know Joe Hill. Um, I, I don't think I do. It's Stephen King's son. He writes a book called Lock and Key. I have the first um Graphic novel. Nice. That yeah. is one of my really favorite. Because if you read all eight, seven, it's continuous all the way through. There is no break. So that's what I'd like to recommend for independent. But it really depends on what type of reader I'm dealing with. I can't blanket comics onto one person because there's so many different titles. So you really got to get a feel for who you're talking to. And then you got to give a proper recommendation. Because you know what? I could recommend you whatever you want. But if it's not something you're going to read, what good's it going to do? How many books do you think you read a month? Way too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you literally read everything? I don't read everything. I read what I'm interested in, which unfortunately is a lot of everything. I'm not a huge independent reader. I'm a Marvel and DC kind of guy. But for instance, Killer Be Killed came out a month ago. Um, independent just started number one. Love it. Love it. Um, it's the premise of a demon saves him his life, and the only reason the way he can stay alive is kill bad people. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, and basically, I just go from that. Um, like I say, big superhero fan. That's probably my best part of Reed. Because, you know, what's better than having superpowers? So am I allowed to ask Marvel or DC? Or are you one of those that's going to say, I, I, I can't decide between the two? Funny thing is, if you would have asked me three years ago, I'd have told you Marvel all the way. But as I get a little bit older, I start seeing the finer points of DC that I don't really think you can appreciate with a younger mind. I really think as you get older, you can see some of those really good points. And DC really is ahead of the curve right now. You know, Marvel in the 60s was the best, but DC is really connecting with the fans a little bit better than Marvel is right now. Okay, because I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've read a new superhero book in at least a year, if not. I, well, I've read the, um, the Snyder and Capullo Batman. The All-Star Batman? Uh, no. Oh, the, New 52. Uh, yeah, the New nice. 52 Batman. I, I think, if, if I remember correctly, that's the last thing. I've read, so I don't even really know what's going on. So kind of give us a just a so, – you can be as brief or as specific as you want, but what is happening right now in the universe? My, 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 my one beef with DC – DC is doing really well right now with their rebirth. My one – or I say two beefs with DC right now is they just tried to say that Joker was three entities, which here's my problem is two entities are an immortal and a god. Well, 
then what's the point of Batman and Joker? Batman at every at the end of every fight, what does he tell Joker? One day we're gonna kill each other. Well, if he's a god or lives forever, that's not possible. You take away the part. And then the other big thing is the DC universe is created by Dr. Manhattan. Which, if we all remember from Watchmen, his biggest issue was he's not a god. And why is he not a god? His words in himself was, I'm not a god because I don't create life. So by creating life, you had taken away a mechanic of that character. But other than that, those two, and that's just me because I read a lot. So I'm always going to find a point that I don't like. But for most part, the DC Rebirth is the way to go for the new reads. They've got really good stories, and they're really focusing. They're, they're doing a little bit different. They're doing two bucks a month instead of one book. They've lowered their price to two ninety nine instead of Marvel's three ninety nine and four ninety nine. They give you two books, and they're doing a little bit better on their story writing, where I really feel like Marvel right now is just doing the same thing with Civil War that they used to do. How many tie-ins can we get you to buy? Which is okay, but it's not fun for the readers. We want good stories, not just tie-ins. Well, and even at that point, like <clears throat> I did really like the New 52 when they were doing that run, and their tie-ins were just between their different stories. Yes. So they weren't, you know, like spin-off tie-ins. They were just, well, um, you know, League of Superheroes happens to have this really cool tie-in with the Red Hood, and it was done very well. So Exactly, and that's when tie-ins can be really good. It's Marvel right now, unfortunately, is doing every title's part of Civil War, which, sorry, I don't want to buy every title because most titles aren't written well. Unfortunately... The writers aren't the same. I, I'm more of an artist person now because really since the 90s, that's been the big change of comic books is you don't have as good artists. You don't have as good authors. It's more about the art nowadays. We really need to get some great art authors back into Marvel so we can really breathe some life back into it. I guess we need to raid Britain, right? Or, that's exactly or what we need to do because you know, everything's coming out of Britain and Europe lately. It seems like a lot of my favorite comic book writers aren't American. No, and a lot of my favorite comic book artists are. American, well, you know, but you know, I hate to say it like this, but you know, art is kind of a form of slacking, and you know, writing is actually takes some skill, and we do live in America, so unfortunately, that's the one downside. But we get great art. That's the best part. We we do. Now, I've seen books in the store. What is going on with – is there an 80s X-Men that is coexisting right now with the normal X-Men? Not 80s, but close. Do you remember when we were kids, the 92 X-Men series? Oh, it's one of my favorites. They have brought it back comic-wise. So that's what it is. It's, an, it's the X-Men 92 series in the same universe as everything else right now. And for all of us who grew up with that stuff, that is one of the best animated stories you could possibly watch. How far into that are they? Am I, am I way behind now? No. Um, if I remember correctly, they're only about eight issues in. I might have to, uh, I might have to check that out. When I saw the, the costumes, it brought back that sense of nostalgia in me. Exactly. Think about Jubilee in the old yellow coat yellow what's coat, better yeah. than that and you know the good thing about our story is too we can order any back orders for you so if let's say we don't have the issue here give us two weeks we'll order it in we'll get it for you we'll do what it takes to let you read what you want to read that's fantastic so tell us about the grand opening is in two weekends from yes yeah, so we're doing the 24th and 25th and the main reason why we're doing that is because we want to get fully set up we want everybody to see the glory of this shop um, the, some of the little things that we're doing is we have five to six different artists and authors coming in, and one of those happens to be T.K. Miller, the guy who creates the bombshell statues. 
Something that he's doing for us that I've never seen him do before. He is actually doing a live demo here and sculpting some clay from a live demo right here in the store, which is something I've never seen him do before. And then we have Nate Hamill, who is the guy who actually did our art, who did the homage to Hulk 1, where it's the guy holding up the cup for us. And then we have Kevin Johnson, who is a local artist. And then we're usually trying to get Langdon Faust and a couple other local artists. And then we're also going to have cosplayers outside, Buy one, get one free coffee. Big discounts on comics. I'm telling you, 70% off back issues, 25% off anything over 30 bucks, 20% off graphic novels, 20% off toys, 10% off new issues. We are going crazy for this grand opening. Wow, and that's that's two weekends, but the store is going to be open before that, correct? We are open seven days a week. On Saturday, it is 10 to 5. On Monday through Thursday, it's 10 to 7. And then, believe it or not, on Friday and Saturday, we are 10 to 9. Nice. I like that. So even if those of us with, you know, that are humping the corporate jobs, we can we can get out and still get our comics. Well, you know, to be honest, shouldn't we be open later than everybody else in town? That's the way to really put a leg up. And who doesn't want to read comics at 8 o'clock at night? They're not reading comics in the day. They're at work. No, I, I, to, to be fair, I do read most of my comics at night. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that until you pointed it out. But, yeah, I do read a lot of my, a lot of my books at night. That's because books cost money and you need a job to get them. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, I mean, to another point, though, uh, part of why I read at night is because if I keep up my electronics, my games, uh, you know, I don't fall asleep to TV. I know some people do. I have to calm my mind. So reading really allows me to step back from everything that I've been doing and just focus on one quick story and go to bed. Which is really something we need nowadays, man. Everybody uses too much electronics, to be honest. And that's partly what we like, you know. Get back to the paper. Get back to re- grabbing a book and actually reading a book. Not going online and digitally downloading it. Which is cool, don't get me wrong. But there's something about having fresh paper in your hands. The smell of an old book. You can't copy that on the computer. No, uh, we, we talked about this earlier, too. Uh, we like digital comics both of us have been a part of a digital comic subscription series but we both canceled because and not because and i mean i guess the paper and the tactileness of reading the issue comes into it i don't like being six months behind if i'm gonna actively read comics i want to be caught up i think that's half of the fun well think about it we're all impatient we gotta wait a month for each issue why wait six months to read it all that's really hard to do. I know personally, I come in on Tuesdays, I get the order. I By the end of the day, I've at least read two or three of my books because I can't wait. So I couldn't even imagine waiting six months for a digital copy. So what are you, what are you reading right now? Like what, what comes – I know you're reading everything, but what kind of comes to the top of the heap? Um, what I'm really enjoying is um, All-Star Batman, um, which the reason why I draw that, that is Scott Snyder and John Romita Jr., so, you know, great author, great artist. That's a killer read for me always. Um, killer Be Killed is one I cannot say enough about because it came out of nowhere. It already did hit second print, which is crazy for an independent thing that we nobody ever heard about. Um, and I'm actually kind of liking a little bit older stuff lately. I'm going for um, some of the even weird stuff. Like I looked up – I don't know if you guys ever heard of The Conservation Corpse. And it's it's very offbeat title. It's mostly a little kid thing, but – it's kind of entertaining because it's a bunch of animals trying to save the world. I was going to say, it sounds like Captain Planet. Oh, yes, but with animals. And they even have like a Styroformus Rex. 
So I like the idea of it. And there's something about the stony nostalgia of comics. I, yeah, I can, I can see that. So All-Star Batman, uh, Ramita is one of my favorite Spider-Man artists. Yes. Uh, Ramita Jr., I should say. So he's, he's with DC now. Yes, he is, which is what I've noticed. Everybody's on DC. Look at Jim Lee. Jim Lee. One of the greats is sitting on DC. I would pay good money just to get him to a Marvel comic. Think about it. All the X-Men, 90s stuff. He was great at that. But unfortunately, DC has the better writers right now, which what artist doesn't want to be with a good writer? Well, Jim's kind of vested with them now, too. I mean, he's theirs, right? He's smart. He's smart. He knew. I did good with Image. Okay, now I'm DC. Now I'm going to actually climb the ladder and actually make a difference in this company. And him, Jeff Johns, who... Is somebody I will read anything he writes. For instance, Aquaman, New 52. I hate Aquaman. There's Sub-Namor. Why would anybody read Aquaman? But Jeff Johns writing Aquaman, that's an interesting story. Jeff Johns and Jim Lee, those are two people that if you can give them any title and they can take it and make it amazing, now that's what I enjoy. Is somebody that takes something that you wouldn't normally read and go, oh my God, this is the best story I've read. I was very happy to see that um, and we won't get into the whole Zack Snyder thing, but that uh, Johns was going to have a much bigger presence in the DC cinematic universe. Because I'm like you, I will read anything he writes. I really like him yeah. as a writer. I never understood why, and they're going more towards it now, but Hollywood's always shied away from getting the comic writers to write the movies, and I've never understood that. Like, oh, no, get him to write it. Like, really, why don't you get the guy that's been writing Superman for 40 years to write your Superman movie? Or, you know what I don't get? What's the biggest show on television right now? The Walking Dead. Okay. Who writes it? Robert Kirkman, the guy who writes The Walking Dead. That's why it's successful. <laughs> I never even thought about that. No, it, 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 it's, I, I wish they would do more of that. And I think whatever Marvel's doing, I don't know if it's comic writers or what, they've got it down cinematically. I think DC's just a little bit behind. Well, you got to think. The Avengers number one was written by Josh Whedon. Right. What was the great story he wrote? Astonishing X-Men. That is a writer. That's the reason why it did so well. Back to that I point. I love that run on oh, Astonishing amazing. X-Men. Amazing. And like I say about Josh Whedon, a lot of people will crucify me for this, but he can't make good television shows. I'm against that. He picks really bad actors. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I don't like Firefly. I don't like Buffy. Wow. I don't really? like Dollhouse. But you give me a movie that he writes? Great. It's mostly the actors. I don't think he picks good television actors. But I, <laughs> I think I made him cry. I, I think I think you did. I am crying. That's man. His TV shows are great. I I I see where you're coming from, but that's just absurd, man. That's just crazy. No, and it's uh, but you know, everyone has their. I I like Whedon. I'm not a Buffy fan, and I'm not a um, sir, not um, Dollhouse fan. I do like Firefly though. Most people, that's where they'll go in the last sim. But, like, personally, Cabin in the Woods was better than all that. Cabin in the Woods was amazing. And when you give him a movie and you give him a good budget, and I think that's the main problem. Television, he doesn't have the budget to get the good people. Because you know what? It's on everybody. It's like Batman versus Superman. My biggest issue with that is everybody's like, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder. He didn't write it. He directed it. So he, he had this, and he did what he could with that. You take a crappy story, you can't direct a crappy story. I don't care what any person you are. If you had to let him write a good story, you might have had a different movie. Did you like Batman Superman? I did not. Um, I felt like you took the death of Superman, 
you took Dark Knight Rises and you took The Birth of the Justice League and rushed it into one giant movie. And for me, man, Dark Knight Returns was a game-changing story. Why would you do and end it with Martha, of all things? Like, you took an amazing story and ended it with crap. And I get you're trying to rush to catch up with Marvel, but that's your problem. I we I think we've said that on the podcast before, that if DC tries to do everything Marvel is doing, they're going to fail. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I think flabbergasts myself and Tyler is DC's animated universe is so good. As long as and it's not so- the killing joke. We can talk about that. I, I know you didn't like the. Uh, I know you didn't like the killing joke. I didn't dislike the killing joke, but I think I had some of the same issues with it that you did. First forty-five minutes made it painful. Well, and that was to be fair. That's the forty-five minutes that's not in the, exactly. the comic. If they would have left that out, you would have had an amazing movie. But they threw something in that had nothing to do with the story, and you're trying to build character. Okay, we'll build the character properly. Don't change the character, and that's what they did. They changed Batgirl. You had a great story, and. I am one of the diehard people that says Barbara Gordon was never raped by Joker. I don't care what you say. If you read the comic, the reason why he took pictures was just to have naked pictures of Barbara Gordon to mess with Gordon's mind. That was the only reason. There's no sex in it whatsoever in the graphic novel. There's not even an undertone of sex in the graphic novel. But because he stripped her down naked, a bunch of people have took it as a rape scene, which to me, Joker's above that. He's not a common criminal. He's not going to go rape somebody to prove a point. He's going to do the most way to psychologically damage somebody, and that's not what he would do. I agree with you. Tyler does not agree, though. It's, I guess, you know, that's the joy of comics is everyone can take something a little differently. Exactly. From you know, we can all have our own interpretations. To be fair, though, Tyler, you do read rape into a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> that, no. <laughs> Actually, after we saw Killing Joke, I think your exact words were, I really liked it. There just wasn't enough rape. (laughs) That wasn't exactly. (laughs) No. uh, Where did (laughs) Wow. Um, What were your first books? You mentioned Spider-Man earlier, and that's where I – Spider-Man and G.I. Joe, the old Larry Hammond, G.I. Joe, Marvel in the 80s. Those were the two books, Web of Spider-Man and that, or the two books kind of how I got into it. How did you get into it? Um, It was McFarland, Amazing Spider-Man. Really? So right when um, basically Venom, Carnage, that's what really got me into it. And the funny thing is, is we're all not normal. We all know that. There's different types of people. I'm a diagnosed schizophrenic. So – To be honest, some of those characters have a different intriguing opinion to me because, you know, I can see the other side of it. You know, Venom's not really evil. It's just he's a parasite. That's what he was made to do. It's not like he has a choice. He's a parasite. Isn't he a good guy now, quote unquote? Didn't they kind of – Deadpool and him both used to actually be bad guys, Well, yeah, I would agree. They were supposed to be bad guys, and Deadpool should still be a mercenary and not a good guy. Um But they are fixing the Venom. Yes, Venom is on Flash Thompson right now. And my biggest issue with that is if Spider-Man couldn't control Venom, then how could the bully Flash Thompson control Venom? What happened to Eddie Brock? So Eddie Brock actually got cancer due to the Venom symbiote suit. And because of that, he actually got rid of it. It went to the black market first, and Matt Gargan, Scorpion, bought it off the black market, which that was in Marvel Knight Spider-Man number 8. And then after that, the government got a hold of it. And they trained it to work with Flash. 
But we are about to see a change because in two months, Venom number one comes out and he is on somebody new now. We don't know who it is yet, but I'm really hoping it's not a good guy because just Venom needs to be a little bit crazy. He needs to be a little bit psychotic. And as a good guy, I think he's boring. I, I agree with you. And I think Marvel, don't they have enough good guys? Don't we need better villains? Do you know why they do it? And it's sad. And I actually have the toy in store that has something to do with this. So I have the Venom toy over there that talks, and it's from the 90s. And okay. it actually got pulled off shelves because he says, I want to eat your brain, Spider-Man, and die, Spider-Man, die. Which is something you can't really market to kids. So when Marvel realized that, oh my god, all these kids like this evil villain who is a psychotic killer, not something we really want to market to kids. So what do they do? Let's heroize him. It's just a way for Marvel to let kids like Venom, which I get that, but can't we just not be politically correct and just enjoy what we want to enjoy? So is, is Spider-Man where it started for you? What was yes. your first book? My first book would be actually, it was Spider-Man. It was the one where he's, I, I think it's Spider-Man 3... 300? No, 318, which was, it's actually the cover where Spider-Man is Cosmic Spider-Man and he's punching Hulk in the gut as he's coming up. Which is later in the McFarlane run, but that was so amazing that when I was able to get the chance, I went back to find the early McFarlane because he's a great. And he was one of the people that was smart. He realized how amazing it was. And look at the toys he's making now. He makes some of the best toys on the market. And that's something you don't really see in other industries. There's a lot more crossing over in comic and nerdism than anywhere else. You know, this is the best community for just coming together and. You know what? We might not have the same interests, but we can still have a full conversation. We could disagree, and we don't want to go to war over it. You know, we're just like, oh, okay, I see your opinion. Let me look at this. And that's the difference between the nerd community. I think if that style of life went to the rest of the world, we'd be in a way different place right now. Because why would people be fighting when you could actually talk it out? And that's probably the biggest problem is nerds are more open to thought process than closed-minded people that aren't into comics. And I've, that's just what I notice personally. No, and you can uh, – I'm sure – did you go to Denver Comic-Con? We, we have been at every Denver Comic-Con from the beginning with a booth. Wow. So you, you'll know exactly what I'm saying when I say I can't really put it in to writing or into words very well, but the feeling you get when you walk into that room, just like you said. It's even the we might not like Yeah, we might not like the same things. But it's almost the feeling that people describe when they go to church. Exactly. The, the, the fellowship. It's, it's the fountain of youth for us, really. When you walk into a convention, you feel like you're a kid again. There is nothing that brings us back to childhood better than con. Well, yeah. And it's just everything that everyone loves. And we don't hold it against anyone. There's people there dressed up as anime characters. There's anime booths. There's people that go as movie characters. There's Adventure all... time. Adventure. Yeah, there's, there's everything. There's everything. And we don't judge anyone for it. We just appreciate the fact that you put the time and effort into making a costume and coming and hanging out with us and talking about the things that we do share in common. Because more likely than not, we have at least one thing in common. And you know what? And a lot of the times you might not have found a book that you didn't know about because you could talk to somebody and they could tell you, hey, dude, jump on this book. Yeah. And there's nothing better than when you get a really good recommendation because you know, like, once you start reading, you're like, oh, my God, this guy knew what I wanted. That's the best part. And that's the best part of my job is when somebody comes in three days later and goes, can I get the rest of those issues? 
yes. I'm so glad that my recommendation actually worked for somebody because I don't want to have somebody read something they don't like because that's just going to push you away from comics. So that's the big thing is trying to keep it to where everybody can find something they can enjoy. And to be honest, what is better than reading comics and just relaxing? You're making me want to get back into monthlies. I haven't done it in for I, – I do graphic novels now. Oh, okay. Because I like – all four stories or, you know, one story, four issues, whatever. I like it in one place because I can sit down and read four issues, no problem, start to finish. It helps me mentally yeah, to, to process it. But, man, I miss the days of going to the, the shop every Wednesday. Well, it's fun, and we're way different than anybody else. Um, we usually have one person working in there. So you're not going to have – we have three total employees on our side. So – for instance, there's a lot of other shops that when you walk in, there could be somebody you don't even know because you went in a different day. You will see everybody at our shop. We are all the same type of personalities. We're friendly. We love to talk comics. I My first day, I spent three hours talking to one customer because that was all that was here. That was the best part of my day because I just got to talk comics with them, and I was working, which is the best part. You're making me extremely jealous. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We we get to sit at computers all day. Oh, that's the boring part of my job, inventory. Uh, yeah, especially like if you have to inventory every single one. Oh, yes, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, wow. If you could see, obviously this podcast all audio, but if they could see, and hopefully they do on grand opening, this wall. I have 40,000 to 50,000 different comic books in here. Now, I've always wondered this. Is this ten percent your personal collection, ninety percent stuff you've bought? How do you how do you get that much stock? So the person who actually owns this is Martin Davidson, and he collects art. So he buys and sells books. My personal collection is completely off limits. I am one of those people that once it gets into my room, it locked in there. You might as well just never. So see none it of these are your books. Nope, I will never sell any of my books. That's actually I lie. I sold a Batman number three earlier this year. Because I have to buy a house this year. But I sold it for 2600 bucks Because <laughs> it was a Batman number three. First time Catwoman was ever in costume. Now, let me ask. Do you, did you have multiple copies of that? or was I it did just... not. I miss that book every day. Well, but buying a house is... I'm thinking about selling my first appearance at Deadpool only to make car payments. Because I was like, you know what? I need a car. <laughs> I love my first appearance at Deadpool. Well, and the bright side is you can still find that in some dollar bins. Uh, we need to go hunting. Oh, my God. Seriously. Well, because there's some people that still don't realize that that's in their dollar bins. Because five years ago, that was a dollar comic. Yeah. yeah no, no. Go I, I, I got it for very cheap. Nice. And was very happy when Deadpool kind of started oh, yeah. taking off. I actually bought the whole run, one through 100 of New Mutants. I've got them all. 100 is the next book to look for. First appearance of X-Force. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I've got it. So so with them bringing Cable in for the next Deadpool movie, I really de- do see Fox going to the X-Force style. Just because, I don't know if everybody realizes, but Disney's kind of a mean business, a really mean business. They have shut Fox out. They don't make any more mutants because they don't want to give Fox anything. They also went to Hasbro and said, you can't make toys for Fox or you can't make toys for us. That's why you don't see any X-Men toys nowadays. Because they're not allowed to because Disney's a mean. They want a complete universe, and they're going to blackball anybody out of it. So do you see Disney getting the X-Men back? They got Spider-Man. Well, they have got Spider-Man. They did get Spider-Man yeah. back. Um, 
And I don't see Fantastic Four being a problem. The X-Men is the property I see Fox, especially with Deadpool, hanging on to. I think once you lose the shock value of Deadpool, the general community isn't going to like Deadpool. Because sooner or later, you're going to have the people that are all up in arms about, it's not politically correct. And sooner or later, I think Deadpool is going to go back to the avid readers, the people that really enjoy Deadpool. You're not going to get the person that, oh, cool, Deadpool. I think that'll fall. And I think when that falls, that's when you'll see that change. Okay. Well, I I know that they're doing a New Mutants, uh, is it movie or television series? Movie. They did just announce that, yes. And I'm I'm very excited to see where that goes. I haven't really had a problem. There's been been more good X-Men movies than bad X-Men movies. I want to see Wolverine and Professor X interact with Tony Stark and Peter Parker. Well, you need to. We all read up with crossover universes. You know, how can you tell me that all this stuff is going on in the Avengers and the X-Men don't know what's going on? That's hard for me to believe. Well, yeah, the X-Mansion is in New York last time I checked. They, <laughs> they, they probably would have known, you know, and that's. And people say, oh, but it's too much to put together. No, they've been doing it in the comics forever. They could make it work. Uh, they need – I don't know how they're going to do Infinity War without the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. Exactly, because how are you going to do anything without Reed Richards? We don't have the negative zone. Without the negative zone, you don't have a place to put your villains, which, if you look, is causing a big problem in the Marvel Universe. What's the biggest issue everybody's got with the Marvel movies? They kill the villains off so quickly because they don't know what to do with it. A quick fix is finding a way to get the Fantastic Four, making a quick note in one of the movies that he's making the negative zone, and then you could start putting the villains in the negative zone, and then, you know, maybe we could actually have a real Ultron appearance instead of, you know, just straight evil, because they didn't show the good side of Ultron, which that was the biggest problem I had, because he was built to be good, and they made him evil right away. Without Hank Pym's mind, he wouldn't have become evil. So, and those are the. A lot of people have that beef. I hear, I hear, and I read a lot that Ultron's origin, the way it was handled in the movies, a lot of people don't really appreciate. Well, because so Ultron originally is built by Tony Stark and Hank Pym. Now, the reason why it turned evil is because Hank Pym is kind of a pacifist, and he was one of those people that believed that them being superheroes was more bad than good. So when he put his mind, his wavelengths in Ultron, that's exactly what Ultron thought. You're causing more damage than good. So you kind of take that away, and it's what I always talk about in comics. Why do you have to take away an amazing part of a comic? Why couldn't you just made Ant-Man before? They made it right after. You couldn't just moved it and give it to Ant-Man before? I liked Ant-Man a lot. Oh, great. I thought I was going to hate it. Because I did too. They started with Scott Lang. But I thought they gave a great homage to Hank Pym and everything. They did that movie amazingly. We're gonna get to see. Uh, we're gonna get to see Wasp too. Exactly. And I like Evangeline uh, Evangeline Lilly as well. I thought she did a good job. Now Ant Man was probably Ant Man's and Guardians both. I walked into thinking ah, and I was I was pleasantly surprised by both. I got to cheat about Guardians because they did a little pre showing, like fifteen minutes pre showing, which was the jail cell scene. So I knew, like, two weeks before, this movie's going to be amazing. But Ant-Man, I was scared. I was told it was a comedy, which I grew up with Hank Pym being a wife beater. <laughs> Me too. So <laughs> how, in, in, in the Ultimates, yeah. How is that a – well, he, not only in the Ultimates, he did it in the regular universe during right. Secret That's Invasion. Right. He turned her into a biological weapon. And then if you go to Marvel Zombies, he bit off her head. <laughs> I've never read that. So in almost every story you have him, he's a wife beater. How is that a comedy? 
And then we go into it, and I'm like, wow, they did that. Amazing. And that's the difference between Marvel and DC. I went into DC movies going, eh, and walking out, eh. I go into a Marvel movie going, eh, because they changed the story, and I walk out going, that was the best Marvel movie ever. Yeah, I and Ant-Man, like, where it was a comedy, I think at its core, Ant-Man is a heist picture. Ant-Man is Ocean's Eleven, and that's why it worked. Um, And Paul Rudd can do no wrong. Great, man. And that's somebody that... He was phenomenal in Civil War, and he had three lines. Dude, but you know what? When he went big, that was one of the best parts of the movie. When Tony Stark goes, anybody got any other tricks? Nope. (laughs) Got (laughs) Ant-Man. No, and I'm glad that wasn't ruined for me either. And I thought, uh, kind of compare it, that's where DC showed their hand in the the Batman-Superman trailer. I didn't want to see Doomsday surprise me with that. And he looked like crap. He looked like shit. He looked like... (laughs) I don't even know what he looked like. <laughs> he didn't even look like he was made of kryptonite. No, no, not at all. And then, of course, you have uh, – I thought the death of Superman thing was handled very poorly because well, you know he's coming back. They didn't it, have to show the rocks rumble on the top of the grave. Mm-mm. It was it, very Star Trek Two. Yeah, it just it, – <laughs> it, it was. It was the Genesis <laughs> torpedo tube sitting on the planet. Oh, yes. Because you knew immediately. Some When someone asked me, they're like – did Superman die? And I just looked at them. I'm like, they showed you at the end of the movie that he didn't die. And I guess he's coming back in, in black. Yes. So, which could be good. And I wonder, because if you look in the dream sequence that Batman had, that was in Russia, red sun, Batman. So are they going to bring us a red sun, Batman? That'd be really cool. I never even thought about that. Because, yeah, I mean, then they could even do Red Sun Superman, mm-hmm. which would be sweet as well. But if they bring him back in black, that somewhat makes sense, at least if you watch the uh, the DC animated uh, Death of Superman. Yeah. So, because uh, his robots, I forget its name right now. Cyborg Superman? Is that... This, the, the robot version of Superman? Yeah. Cyborg Superman. Yeah. I just, for some reason, I thought they, they gave him a really a, hard one to come no, up no, no, with. No, no, no. For some reason, I thought they gave him a different name in the animated, the movie. Um, I'll have to go back and check because I'm, I'm still not sure that they didn't. But so he, you are podcasting with a, a comics expert. <laughs> I know. So I'm just letting you know. I'm like, just, I know, I know. You know, you're not supposed <laughs> to argue with the guests, right? I'm not <laughs> arguing. Um, and, I'm just trying to make myself not feel too stupid, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he came back in black because it absorbed more of the sun. Exactly, which so. which takes me back to The Dark Knight Returns. That was the best part about that is with the nuclear weapon going off, there was no sun. The radioactive the rays were blocked by the radiation. That's why Superman was weak. You did not get that in this story. You had a full, powerful Superman, which is not part of the story. And then they quit because he says Martha. Yeah, I didn't like that Lois was so wasted as a character. She was basically there to throw something away and then apologize and then try to get it back. I, I don't know. I, I have the director's cut or the, the long cut at the house right now. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it because I hear it makes it a little bit better. Have you seen that version? I have not, and I have a. I, everybody keeps telling me to, and I will probably have to. But I watched the first one. What could you add in that to make that a good movie? 
That's what I have a hard time break. And, you know, look at Wonder Woman. Don't get me wrong. I liked her. She's super hot and she works, but she's small. She is kind of small. How is that an Amazonian princess? Yeah, and that was my big beef even in the uh, in the the previews. Is I saw her and I saw the actress that they picked, and I was like, she's not very big. No, she's she's a mouse. Yeah, compared. But in that movie, still every time I've seen it two times, and each of the two times I saw it, that's the best part is when she just boom leaps onto the screen. Like that's the one part where I, you know my heart was like, oh my goodness. That was, and believe it or not, even with that small, with all the leaks that they've done for Wonder Woman, I'm excited. I'm excited of a 50s, 50s Wonder Woman. I am too, and I think this is going to be the movie that turns DC – I thought it was going to be Suicide Squad, but I think this is going to be the movie that turns DC in the right Suicide direction. Suicide Squad could have been good if Joker and Harley wasn't in it. I didn't even see it based on friends like yourself, not you specifically, but friends like you that I trust telling me that it's not very good. Are you a Deadshot fan? I am. Watch it. Uh, okay. See, I, I love Deadshot in that. That was one of my favorite parts. Let me guess. Did Deadshot not get raped enough for you, Tyler? <laughs> no, they just they played his character too soft. I will agree because he should have took the shot on Harley. Absolutely. He would have killed her right away. Absolutely. But, you know, Hollywood. Yeah, I know. But they multiple times they played his character way too soft. But they came out with him the best. The first scene with him? Come on. That was like Deadshot on point. Pay yeah. me now or I don't do the kill. True. Oh, so you don't so you paid me? Now double it for being a douche. Yep. Like that was Deadshot. But I will agree, they once they actually went into the main story, it was a little toned down, which I kind of expected that due to Hollywood. Yeah. Diablo was the best character in there. He was good. For the way that they set that up. And as much as you hated Harley and Joker, I think if they had shown more of the Joker, oh. I would have loved it. He looked like a common thug. Meh. Like if you I've always said, you know who the best Joker for that movie would have been? Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Think of it. Boondock Saints, Green Goblin. There was a firefight. Exactly. You know, that he has that mentality perfect. I really – Joker felt forced. That's how I felt. I felt like he forced it where Heath Ledger was more natural. Jack Nicholson was more natural. Willem Dafoe would have been more natural. I feel like there was a few scenes where he felt fairly natural, and then there was – he was only in three scenes. He was in no more than five minutes of that movie. No, no. He was in way more than five minutes. No, no, no. Well, you're right. They just did a lot of cuts. They so did a lot of cuts. that is possible it was only small, actually. Yeah. He was – I think total they showed him in four or five scenes – and each scene lasted a total of, at most, like a minute. Yeah. And that's what really killed his ability to do anything with the Joker, in my opinion. Well, they did cut out all those scenes. That's what they said. I heard there was a huge amount, like a whole nother movie's worth of footage that they cut out, practically, of you, Joker footage. It might be really sad, because I don't think he's coming back. I, I, I You don't hope- think Jared... Leto's coming back? He's or complaining you... about his contract right now. Do you think they recast the Joker then? Yeah. You recast I, I think the... so too. Well, I'm sorry. Jared Leto, you can't rock climb. Deal with it. How much money are they paying you? I've never liked him. In fact, I only like him in one movie, and that's Requiem for a, uh, for a Dream. Yeah. Fight Club. Fight Club. I don't really – I know you love him in Fight Club. I don't think I he's that great in well, Fight Club. Well, he didn't Angel have Face. a big part. 
Yeah, you guess know. what? He, he gets the crap beat out of him, right? Yeah, yeah he, and, and he's too blonde. He's That's too. Right. <laughs> That's right. You're too effing blonde. Fight Club's such a good movie. Exactly. It's my favorite movie. Um, did you ever think that you would live in a world where one of the most anticipated films this holiday season is Doctor Strange? No. Oh, my God. And another big part about that movie is... Sorry. This is for... Oh. Um, another big part about that movie is they're so worried about pissing off the Tibetan monks that they made the ancient one who does not transcend from people. He's just always alive. They turned him into a white woman to not piss off Tibetan monks. Well, here's my question. Those Tibetan monks weren't pissed off a week ago. They weren't pissed off a year ago. So why does it matter now? Aren't they more pissed off that they're playing a white woman as the part? Yeah, I don't... I don't think I have issues with it because I want to. She's honestly, a great actress. She is, and I want to see how she does. And honestly, the trailer that I watched it takes me to a whole nother world. Oh yeah, where and they're folding in, it could be super good. I'm I'm actually hoping that it's like a Joker situation. You see her very little bit, and you yeah. could really enjoy the movie. Which in that case, I guess I could go into it really enjoying it. But I'm I'm tired of this genderization. I'm tired of this. Make new characters. Don't take old characters and destroy them. And all they're doing is taking those really good characters, and they're like, well, let me change the race. Let me change the gender. Make a new character. I read that um, I guess we have a new Iron Man, and it's Iron Heart. And Iron – right? am I correct? She's 15 years old. <laughs> what? Yeah. So the Iron Man – so there's two big things that they're really messing up I don't get. For one, Iron Man is a 15-year-old girl now. Which, I don't care, but was the part that Tony Stark's heart was the reason why he had the suit? So, why is the girl in a suit? And then my other big problem I've seen, I don't know, do you know who the smartest person in the Marvel Universe is right now? No. It's a nine-year-old girl that hangs out with Devil Dinosaur. Smarter than Reed Richards. Smarter than everybody in the Marvel Universe. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But to be fair... Even on our BitFaced Facebook group, we did have someone bring up that Marvel is going way to PC. Oh, totally. With all their stuff. They're trying to appease everybody by diversifying their character cast, and that's not how they need Mm. to do it. I'm all down for doing something differently, but when you're doing it for the sake of doing it differently, it's almost, I don't know, and this might be unpopular, it's how I feel Tim Burton approaches his movies. Ah, it's not black enough. Make oh, it darker. Make it make yeah, it more exactly. make it more goth, and then then they'll like it. And I again, I haven't been reading monthly issues. That the, the X Men ninety two uh, is that what they call it? Yeah, that intrigues the hell out of me. If it's written well, but I was thinking while you and I were were, were talking here, who does Marvel even have? Who's all every every artist and writer I can think of in my head right now writes for DC? Bendis. Bendis Brian is with Michael Marvel. Bendis. Okay. okay, that's and that's such an omission. I can't believe I didn't think of him. I mean, he is one of my favorite writers, and I guess he's Marvel for life, right? Yeah, yeah I, I don't think he'll ever leave Marvel, to be honest. But, and he's a good writer. Oh, a great writer. And they have Greg Pak, too. Okay, do they still have Matt Fraction? One of the last books I read monthly was his Hawkeye, and I thought it was phenomenal. I don't, I'm not sure if he's working on something. If it is, it's not something I'm reading right now. Okay. Yeah. So 
I'm coming to the grand opening in a couple weeks. What should I pick up if I want to get back into a monthly book? And I'm with you. Give me a superhero book. I want to read a superhero book. Dude, right now, um, honestly, to be waiting for a bunch, I would go with DC. I would take your favorite one in DC. And with your shirt, I would recommend Birds of Prey. Okay. Because they've redone that, and it's actually doing really good right now. Is it Oracle, Huntress, and... Batgirl. Well, she's Oracle, right? Or is she not? Well, no. Barbara Gordon's back as oh. Batgirl. She is back as Batgirl okay. now. So, which is something I'm, which is something that happens in like a week or two. So I might be a little bit early. Spoiler alert, my bad guys. But they are bringing Barbara Gordon back. Um, I don't know how I feel about that yet because you take one of my favorite stories. But that is the best Batgirl in my opinion. Who's writing? Uh, besides Batman, who is my favorite DC character? Who who's writing Flash right now? Because um, I love the TV show. And it's not even a really big name on Flash right now. But it's actually written really well. That's that's the bright side about that. Um, everything on DC is really the way to go. Except as long as you can deal with the Dr. Manhattan part. Well, I don't even think... Would I have known that had you not told me? It, well, if you don't read The Rebirth, you might actually wouldn't know that. If you just read the individual title, I don't think you would have known that. Actually... There's a team that's actually going to try to fix that right now. Huh. Um, I think it's Legion is going to try to fight Dr. Manhattan because he messed up the universes. Excellent. Well, I think you're giving me the rap signal, aren't you? Yeah, because it is 9 o'clock. Yeah, it's closing time. time and much like every episode we do, anytime we have a good conversation, it goes by like that. Thank you so much. Don't Thank for you for having down me, with man. Us. Uh, and uh, I just want to make sure that I get this out there. The grand opening of Kapow Comics and coffee is September the 24th and 25th in two weeks. But if you're in the Colorado Springs area, please come to the grand opening, but don't feel like you can't stop by and see this amazing store before then. Cause I will definitely be in here before then as well. Address locally is 4239 North Nevada suite 100. You can't miss it. Come by, talk some comics, get some coffee, get some delicious dessert, get some ice cream. I mean, Tyler knows how much I love ice cream. So. And we're the biggest store in town. Yeah. Absolutely. I noticed that this huge is a very large store. I'm actually looking forward to coming in here and perusing the back issues myself. And I haven't said that in a very long time. But yeah, hopefully, and I'm sure this won't be the case, that this won't be the last time we get to sit down and talk books. Because I feel like we didn't even get to scratch the surface tonight, sir. I feel like we could talk for hours. Excellent. Well, see, I almost did it right Uh. there. uh, But I stopped myself. Uh, So yeah, we are here. Not in the Bitcave tonight. We are at Kapow Comics and Coffee Anyone in the Springs, local, when you guys come down to visit, we'll be taking you down here. And, of course, we'll be talking to you more in the next couple of weeks about the, about the grand opening. And hopefully a new home base for you guys. Yeah, we hope so, too. We hope so, too. Because, again, it sounds like we both have very similar attitudes about the community. We just uh, And much like Geeks Gone Rogue does, too. We just want to make it better for all of us. Which we have Nick Gochis working for us as well. So we have Geeks Gone Rogue here. <laughs> what was the Nick episode called? Uh... I should know this. Um, oh, it's uh, it's awkward class o- awkward cosplay boners. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyone that uh, that didn't listen to that back in the day, go back. Nick's a Nick's a great guy, and uh, we made a new friend tonight with Dylan as well. Uh, so Dylan, live here from Kapow Comics and Coffee. To my right, as always, Tyler Run, TRG Glaze. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we are out. <laughs>